The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Today on The Revolution, Jim and Trav will dish the skinny on new guns and optics for 2014. So big game calipers, recoil, accuracy, wood versus composite, the importance of proper gun fit, and how to pair the perfect scope with the big game caliper of your dreams. Plus, low range, mid-priced, and high-end optics and scopes, and how they will aid you best when out in the field. And it's all presented to you by Outdoor Channel at OutdoorChannel.com. Now, ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Jim and Trav. I like it. It's a nifty wedding shop. Yeah. All right, so uh, we are talking about all things guns and optics on today's show. Going to be joined by John Fink. He's the director of product management uh, for rifles there at Remington. Also, Tiffany Lakoski with Tiff's Tips. How about Trent Marsh with Hawk Optics? He's in charge of brand development and communications. A pretty cool guy. Also, Ron Spomer and Mrs. Bunny, you're going to be returning later, right? Oh, absolutely. All right, so this wood versus synthetic debate is brought to you by Nissan. Nissan, innovation that excites. All right, so Mrs. Bunny. What do you think? Wood versus synthetic? I want to hear what your thoughts on it too, Jimmy. Okay. You, you know, generally, you know, I'm not opposed to plastic, you know? Of course you can, not. You, you look like a Barbie get, doll. Exactly. You can go get plastic surgery. You can do whatever you want. However, in this case, I kind of do tend to favor the way that a, wood. um, that the, the way wood looks, you the know? The traditional look. Yeah. It's yeah. more regal and it's more of a showpiece. You know, you can have, um, a really nice, for instance, Jimbo has a really nice Ruger red label, you know, checkering and everything. You can have one that looks really nice. And then, um, you can have a plenty capable gun with a synthetic stock. You put it up next to it, but it kind of looks like the ugly redheaded stepchild next to it. You know, it's plenty capable. It's just not as pretty to look at. It's like me. Also, if I I'm look like a Corvette <laughs> and Jimmy looks like a Datsun. <laughs> I mean, against each other? I'm fast and I'm showy. I'm a 240Z. <laughs> well, however, there are a lot of advantages to synthetic stocks for real. You know, they tend to be stronger. You um, More damage proof, you know. Um, wood tends to, if you drop it or if you're clumsy or if you scrape it against things, you're going to mark it. more up keep with wood. Right, yeah, there is upkeep and, you know, with synthetic stock, you can you can use it all season long and wipe off the mud and the blood at the end and you're fine, you know, and, and it doesn't have it doesn't do any damage to it at all. But there are a lot of pros to synthetic stocks. Yeah, my uh, my thought if I'm going to do a lot of harsh country hunting and I'm talking about wet. Alaska, yeah, uh, Canada and and the northern climes of uh, of the you know, the lower 48, then I want to use this synthetic stock because it is a whole lot easier to take care of. You get into camp, you can wipe it down with a rag and, and you're ready to go. On the other hand, if I'm going to hunt with it, you know, like uh, my 470 in Africa, come back, it's going in a, a showcase. 
Yeah, know. well, and that's what I mean. Like, you know, they're showstoppers. You know, you put them next to something else, and they truly are a showpiece more so than a lot of them. Now, the synthetics, you know, you can, you can do so much with them. You can get them any color. You can have them dipped and painted and have them look any way you want, you know. But there is something to say about the traditional-looking gun. Not yeah. only that, but as far as functionality goes, you have to remember that um, if you're, if you're going to need to cut down a stock to fit you, plastics are, or synthetics are a lot harder to cut down, and they're nearly impossible to bend should you need to do anything like that. All right, so wood versus synthetic is up to you. Do what you want with it. Now let's talk about recoil. Uh, we talked about how you're going to feel the recoil more with a synthetic stock than you are a wood stock, and that is because the wood is a lot denser, it is heavier, and it actually kind of absorbs um, some of that recoil. All I can say about recoil is, ouch. It really depends on what you're shooting. 22s hurt the worst. Yeah. It's really, it's <laughs> well, that, yeah, actually the 17 it's, HMRs. Are it's that just, little sting, you know? <laughs> from what I understand from researching it, there are two phases of recoil. You have primary recoil, which begins right after the firing pin hits the primer. Your propellant um, creates an expansion of gas that overcomes the um, inertia of the bullet and that shot charge of the wad and then it accelerates down the barrel and that force of the friction and the air resistance is what creates the primary recoil. The secondary recoil, um, which w- the effects are much smaller, starts when the pellets and the wad and the powder leave the barrel. Oh, yeah. And so th- recoil, there's a few different factors to it, but felt re- recoil is kind of complex. You know, if I shoulder your gun, the felt recoil I'm going to have versus what you have is a lot different. And a lot of the time, recoil issues come in the way that people mount the gun. You're not holding tight it tight shoulder. enough to you. Oh, yeah, and if you it's, don't. Yeah. and going to knock you silly. Exactly. Or it comes up and you're not holding it tight enough and it smacks you in the cheek, you know, or whatever. And so a lot of times felt recoil is not necessarily the gun itself, but more so the operator. And if you're not if you're not shouldering it the right way, if you're not holding it the right way, um, you're going to um, absorb a lot more impact than others. So I think that 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 has a lot to do with it. But um, there's, there's a lot of things you can do, though, uh, to reduce to recoil. reduce recoil, like yeah. KDF muzzle brake. Yeah, um, you what can reduces it about 40 percent. You can do like if you want to go the route of getting suppressor, you have magnaporting. Yeah, magnaporting. I mean, there's a lot of different things you could do but at the end of the day for me it's a gun you know it's supposed to kick i mean that's what it does that's all part of the uh, i guess the whole uh uh feeling the atmosphere is i mean do you remember you, when we were sighting in the 470 though what's well, a pain <laughs> in the butt. Holy well, you're not gonna shoot you're it's not like, gonna what? go out deer hunting with that thing i mean i was just, going to of course you are, because you're just amazing. Well, the um, other, another thing you can do is really watching the load you're using, because I remember shooting um, clays, and we went out, and I, I finished off a box, and I didn't have any more of that specific one, so I grabbed a different load. And I put that one in, and I shot it, and it knocked me serious. I've never felt like that. I thought, I'm not joking, I thought I was pregnant, because I only, <laughs> I only get that feeling cool, when I'm though. pregnant. <laughs> it, it made me so dizzy, so <laughs> nauseous. It was it was horrible. But the bad thing about recoil is, yes, it, to a certain point that you can shoot shoulder it that you can absorb it um for those who don't handle it well it, it causes problems in your form you're well, flinching you end up pulling yeah. and things like that and it causes real problems so if it's not a manageable recoil then you need to do something about it so either you're holding the gun wrong or it's just not the right fit for you it's it's too big of a gun it's too big of a load there's something going on and you need to address well, that's, that that's what i was going to say if it comes down to the where, where you're dreading the recoil, where you don't want to pull the trigger, where you're flinching, you have too high power of a caliber. Right. I mean, you, mm-hmm. you just need to step down. If you can't handle it, most people, you know, I don't want to shoot the 470. It hurts. It's too much, yeah, too much gun for the shooter. No, yeah. I mean, 300 Win Mag, whatever, yeah, I mean, it, it packs a wallet, but it's not going to hurt you. You know, if you go shooting it at 40 times in a row, you're going to have a nice little bruise. But really, if you can't handle it, 
um, and you're and you're really fretting it, then you need to step down, and then you need to rethink uh, the game you're pursuing as well. Well, not, not necessarily the game that you're pursuing, just well, the, yeah, the caliber that you're if, shooting. If you're going to go after a Cape Buffalo, but you can't stand uh, the recoil of a high-powered rifle, and it is going to possibly affect. I'm never ever going to shoot your 470, which means I'm never ever going to take like a seriously large, large, large. Well, I really like decided that. that the next Cape Buffalo I get. Uh, spear. Yeah. yeah. No recoil with a spear. I'm gonna ha- I'm gonna do a staring contest. Yeah. yeah. See the, who the, just think, gets bored to I think death. you will blink first. The feet per second. I'm thinking mine would just bounce off of their fur. So. All right. So we're talking all things guns and optics on today's show. We were just joined with Mrs. Bunny, talking hey. about uh, synthetic versus wood. Sorry, and a recoil. I'm all for the traditional wood. You're just a traditional gal. I am. Yes. I. I we put both of them in a gun case. Yeah. yeah. Coming up after the break, we're going to be joined by Tiffany Lukoski with Tips Tips. This is the uh, fifth installment. And uh, John Fink, Director of Product Management uh, for Rifles there at Remington. We want to say a special thank you to Outdoor Channel at DoorChannel.com forward slash revolution. How about Nissan, NissanUSA.com, Ruger, Ruger.com, High Mountain Seasonings, HIMTNJerky.com, Cabela's, World's Foremost Outfitter, Cabela's.com, and Extreme Beam, Bright Flashlight. Check them out, ExtremeBeam.com. Here is Mark. I don't know what he's talking about, but listen to it. It's important. Mrs. Bunny, thank you. You betcha. All right, don't go anywhere. We return with more guns and optics right after this. Outdoor channel on the making of the modern day binoculars. What we call a binocular is a binocular telescope. Two small prismatic telescopes joined together. And when Hans Lippershey applied for a patent on his instrument in 1608, the bureaucracy in charge, who had never before seen a telescope, asked him to build a binocular version of it with quartz optics, which he is reported to have completed in December of 1608. So if you have any questions about firearms or optics, let our panel of experts help you out. Send your questions to radio at OutdoorTrailsNetwork.com and we'll return after the break. It's been said that the history of weapons is indeed the history of the world. Gun Stories, hosted by Joe Montaigne. We go behind the barrel with historians, shooters, and experts. A riveting journey through the history of firearms. These are the three finest American shotguns ever made. Clint Eastwood's got this gun. I gotta have one. Midway USA's Gun Stories, Wednesday nights, 8 Eastern, on Outdoor Channel. Meet the gun that almost won the West. The Nissan Front is loaded with features perfect for any outdoorsman, like tons of power from a 261 horsepower V6 engine. Plus a new feature we're trying out, the game call horn. There's elk, turkey, and mule deer. We're still working on that one. But the Frontier does have the first-in-class Utilitrack cargo-carrying system to strap down your big game. Though cool, the game call horn is not a real feature of the Frontier. Nissan. Innovation that excites. Available features, 2014 Ward Segmentation Small Pickup Class, properly secure all cargo. The Ruger American Rimfire Rifle combines features of the Ruger American Rifle and innovations of the 1022 Rimfire Rifle to appeal to all bolt-action enthusiasts. It features a modular stock system that provides comb height options for scope or iron sight use, a power bedding integral bedding block system for outstanding accuracy, a Ruger Marksman adjustable trigger, and a 1022-style rotary magazine for reliable feeding. The Ruger American Rimfire Rifle. 
Another rugged, reliable firearm from Ruger. This fifth installment of Tiff's Tips with Tiffany Lukoski from The Crush that's exclusively on Outdoor Channel every Sunday night at 7.30 Eastern is presented to you by Cutmaster Knives. Find them at cutmaster.com. Most people won't believe that one of my favorite things about harvesting an animal is when we start the field dressing process. Lee and I personally field dress all of our animals and for many of our guests when they hunt with us. Here are a few things that will help make the process easier. Always field dress your animal as soon as you can. We like to have a kit together even when we're on the road so that we are always prepared. We use Cutmaster knives and always make sure we sharpen them after each use as a sharp knife makes the process all the easier and you're always ready for next time. I also have wet wipes, field dressing gloves, paper towel, a flashlight with brush batteries, and a small garbage bag to throw away the used rags and gloves. All the items are stored in a pack so it's ready to go. We normally field dress our animals in the field or out of the back of the truck or sometimes while hanging. All methods work great and the more experience you get, the better you'll become. After that, you'll need to hang your animal and start the processing or bring it somewhere to have it done. I know for us, the highlight of our year is when we get all of our meat back from our local processor as we get to enjoy our harvest all year long. These are Tiff's Tips, and you're listening to Jim and Trap with The Revolution. So this fifth installment of Tiff's Tips with Tiffany Lukoski from The Crush, that's exclusively on Outdoor Channel every Sunday night at 7.30 Eastern, was presented to you by Cutmaster Knives. Look them up at cutmaster.com. So now, let's get back to more firearms and optics talk with Jim and Trav. Cinco de Lukoski right there. Number five, Tiff's Tips. She does a good job, doesn't she? She does a great job. All right, so we are talking about all things you need to know. Guns and Optics for 2014 on today's show. Yeah, our next guest is John Fink. He's the Director of Management for Rifles at Remington. Uh, actually, he's the Director of Product Management for Rifles at Remington. That's well, that, okay, that though. That, too. He, he's the man of many parts. Before the break, we are talking to Mrs. Bunny. Uh, she was talking about recoil also. Which you don't get with Remington rifles. Uh, anyways, I'm not following <laughs> along. You know, John, unlike rifles, uh, optics, they're not like something, oh, I'm going to pass it down to my kid. Uh, you're not going to hold on to a pair of optics for 40 years. Just not going to happen. Firearms, you're going to do that. So when you when you buy a firearm, really, you have that lifetime investment into that gun. I mean, as long as you take care of them, uh, you're going to keep them. You're going to pass them down from generation to generation. And so what kind of uh, new goodies, new um, firearms do you guys have out for 2014? You know, for 2014, one of the new and exciting things that we've got coming um, is our Model 700 Ultimate Muzzle Loader. We rolled that out, you know, at the NRA show this past April, and it's really been very well accepted today. Yeah. Well, you know, muzzle loader has has always been a popular sport, but what makes this muzzle loader different from all the other ones on the market? You know, the, the, the real unique thing around this one is, is in the breech plug system. And what our breech plug system allows us to shoot and completely consume 200 grains of powder where wow. everybody else is maxing out 150. Yeah. So it, it really sets a whole new ballistic threshold when it comes to a muzzle loader. You know, with, with a 250 grain bullet, a 200 grain powder charge of Hodgson triple seven pellets. Yeah, shooting four of the fifty caliber pellets. We're generating in excess of twenty four hundred feet per second. Wow! No, it, it turns the muzzle loader into you know a legitimate three hundred yard rifle. Wow! Um, where we still have over a thousand foot pounds of energy. You know, at three hundred yards. Wow! You know, and, and the thing is, it brings up a, a whole new thing on on cleaning the rifle too. We just recently had Bob Coletta on from uh, Remington talking about the new cleaning systems that you guys have, and that comes right into play with this new um, muzzle loader, doesn't it? 
Yeah, absolutely. You know, I was out last week shooting on a range with some buyers from one of our, our big, you know, retailers. Yeah. And one of the things that they picked up on was, and we only had one rifle there that, that I'd, I'd taken out there for that shoot. But, you know, we were up approaching 20 shots being fired through the rifle. And one of the guys said, you know, if I was shooting my other inline right now, I would have had to have stopped about eight or nine shots ago to completely clean the gun in order to keep shooting this level. We're yeah. still shooting, you know, we're going into our 20th shot here. The gun's still shooting accurately. And, you know, with two swabs of one patch, the, the thing's coming out pretty clean. That's amazing. Now, to find out uh, more about your technology, firearms, everything, uh, where can we find you online, John? You know, of course, at www.remington.com. Um, you can find, you know, information there on all of our products. But, you know, there is a specific microsite that is set up for the muzzle loader that, that can be found at the Remington.com site. You bet. Also, we were, before we went on the air, uh, Travis and I were talking about the, the popularity of the Remington shotguns. You know, uh, like I started off with an 870, and then yeah. I had 1100, 1187. Have you got anything new in the uh, shotgun line? Well, you know, our, our most recent shotgun is the, the Versamax shotgun, and mm-hmm. it's a truly revolutionary, you know, gas-operated three-and-a-half-inch chambered shotgun. Mm-hmm. You know, when you start talking about three-and-a-half-inch chambered shotguns, uh, anybody else's system has to be tailored to one end of the spectrum or the other. It can't really span the full spectrum of your lightest two-and-three-quarter-inch shells up to your heaviest three-and-a-half-inch shells. With our VersaPort gas system, we have our gas orifice holes that are just in front of the, the chamber, and they're lined up in three rows. Mm-hmm. So a two-and-three-quarter-inch shell dumps its you know, gas into all three rows of, of the gas holes. Step up to your three-inch shell, the, the, mouth is the, the mouth of the shell is opening up, blocks off the, the first row of holes, dumping into the second or third row, Third shell blocks off the first and second row with the mouth of the shell. So what it has allowed us to do is really to tune the system, okay, the, the gas operation system to work with a full range of shot shells from your lightest, you know, two and three quarters up to your heavy, heaviest three and a half inch shot shells. So it, it, it really, and it, that is a patented system um, that, that is unique to us. And really does perform one or provide one of the best performing shotguns out there in terms of reliability, but also one of the softest shooting from a recoil standpoint. Mm-hmm. Now you guys got like Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat. I don't know what else is there. Maybe you text your customers. I don't know. One more time, where can we find you online, buddy? Yeah, online is Remington.com. But you're absolutely right. In all social media outlets, we have a wonderful team of people that are monitoring that around the clock and posting things out there and doing all sorts of things. You bet. Hey, that was John Fink. He's known as Big Daddy, and he is the uh, senior product manager for Remington. Actually, before we came on, he said, address me as Big Daddy. <laughs> he's the director <laughs> of product management for I Rifles Eddie. at uh, Remington. That is John Fink. We are talking about all you need to know, guns and optics for 2014 on today's show. Uh, coming up in just a second, Mr. Panary, he's going to take us back in time. He's going to give us a little look back at firearms in the past. Who we got coming up next? Hey, coming up next, we got Trent Marsh. 
and he is with Hawk Optics. He's Mars with Hawk, with Hawk Optics. I have a frontal lift. He's in charge of brand <laughs> development, and he's the uh, communications manager. Pretty cool guy. Coming up next, don't go anywhere. But, uh, John, man, thank you so much for coming on, and uh, congratulations on uh, uh, coming out with such an extensive line of firearms. That's that neat muzzleloader. Yeah, anybody's uh, budget and need. Anyways, John, thanks so much, buddy. You're cool, man. Yep, thank you. Appreciate your time, guys. All right, big thank you to Outdoor Channel, also Nissan, High Mountain Seasons, Cabela's, and Extreme Beam. Got to get to a break. Here's Mark. We'll return in a minute. Nissan's historical insight into how firearms began. Firearms were invented in 2060 in China, after the Chinese had invented gunpowder in the 9th century. These inventions were later transmitted to the Middle East and eventually Africa. The direct ancestor of the firearm is the fire lance, a black powder-filled tube attached to the end of a spear and used as a flamethrower. And shrapnel was sometimes placed in the barrel so that it would fly out together with the flames. So be sure to bookmark OutdoorTrailsNetwork.com and we'll return in a moment. We are starting out our season with a bag. For Lee and Tiffany, it was love at first shot. I'm sitting here admiring Lee's big bull. Wait all year for this hunt. Big bull. Now they're a match made in outdoor heaven. I've been practicing my out calling. Oh no. <laughs> We're about ready to put a big buck in the truck. Besides a big buck, what else do you need? Crush with Lee and Tiffany. Sunday nights at 7.30 Eastern on Outdoor Channel. The hunting is going to be good. Plan the best hunt you can by purchasing Colorado's biggest bucks and bulls today. Call 719-661-4037. Looking for the ultimate cooking machine for your backyard or patio? Look no further than Camp Chef's new pellet grill and smoker. With user-friendly features like an auto ignition, digital readouts, and internal meat temperature sensors, it's easy to smoke the tastiest salmon, ribs, brisket, and turkey you'll ever eat. And an innovative system makes cleanup a snap. Everyone will want the food you're cooking on your Camp Chef pellet grill and smoker. The quality smoker that's second to none. Find out more at CampChef.com. Camp Chef, the way to cook outdoors. Cabela's is the world's foremost outfitter for hunting, fishing, and outdoor gear. You can outfit all your needs through Cabela's catalogs, online, and their many stores. With the best selection, prices, and quality, all backed by a legendary guarantee. For the best in outdoor gear, go to www.cabelas.com. Hey, you know what? You're listening to The Revolution with Jim and Trav. I know, they're pretty boring. Sorry. Hey, you're listening to The Revolution with Jim and Trav, and the phone lines are open at 785-846-7647. Before the break, we heard from John Fink. He's the Director of Product Management for Rifles at Remington. Yeah, pretty good guy. And right now we're being joined by a Trent Marsh, and he's with Hawk Optics. He's in charge of brand development, and he is a communications manager. Many titles. Let's just get down to it, okay? You know, when you buy any type of optics, right, guys? Uh, scopes, whatever. And you get out there and you sight your rifle, and usually it's like 60 degrees outside. It's beautiful. Of course it's going to perform beautifully, right? That's the plan. What happens when it's five degrees and it's blistering? You can't hit the wall. Either your scope is going to prevail or fail, um, and, and that's when it really counts. Now, what sets Hawk Optics apart from any other brand? What makes you guys better? The funny thing about optics is that really at the end of the day, optics are are really dependent upon the firearm that they're on, whether it's 60 degrees or five degrees. 
you know, the, the lenses are in the same place and, and the tube doesn't change. What really changes is, you know, the way that bullet comes out of that barrel at 60 degrees versus five. So a lot of times, because the scope is the last thing that goes on the gun, people go, oh man, well, that, that scope's not working right. When in reality, you know, the, the bullet maybe isn't, is the, is the issue. But the, what, what's happened in the last few years is optics in general have all come a really long way in terms of the quality of coatings, the quality of the components being used. And I mean, that's optics across the board. The, the components are now such that it's really tough to find bad optics. They do exist, but it's a lot like bows. Bows, 25 years ago, you really did have to drop a lot of money for quality, quality stuff that you could trust. Now, you know, everybody makes a good bow for 350 bucks. And in a lot of ways, optics are kind of the same. It's just finding, you know, what the most value is, the most scope that you can get for your money that's going to fit exactly what you're doing. You bet. Hey, we're talking with Trent Marsh. And of course, he's with Hawk Optics. And of course, uh, the uh, Hawk Optics was very, very big and is very big in Europe and so forth. You guys just recently uh, entered into the uh, USA market. And how has your uh, products been accepted? It's been really good. Uh, you know, like you mentioned, our roots are actually um, in the UK. Hawk is the number one optics brand in the UK, and I think last I saw number four throughout Europe. Uh, but we have only been in the U.S. since 2007, and and initially there there wasn't a lot of uh, pomp and circumstance. There wasn't a lot of marketing behind our entry to the U.S. market. Uh, but what we were able to do, and what really helped with uh, getting the brand accepted, was starting to develop a line of crossbow scopes and that line of crossbow scopes has generally uh, been accepted as the industry standard for crossbow optics. So as crossbows have continued to gain in popularity, we've just kind of rising tide lift all boats situation and, and Hawk has been able to kind of go along with all that. Yeah. Once again, talking with Trent Marsh with Hawk Optics and uh, we've got all you need to know about guns and optics for 2014. Now, Trent, I guess, you know, uh, we're having Ron Spomer. He's coming up next. He's going to be talking about some really great entry level rifles. Okay. And so what is a great scope that you guys offer Hawk Optics uh, that would totally fit the bill? We introduced brand new for 2014 is the reintroduction of the endurance uh, family of scopes. We we took the old endurance off the market two years ago and said, we, we need to start from scratch. And yeah. as we've reintroduced it, whether it's a one-inch scope for just like a 3940, your traditional uh, deer hunting scope, all the way up to a 4 to 16, 6 to 24, more of your varmint-style scope, the endurance family of scopes from Hawk has the scope that's going to fit what you're looking to do. And and those scopes are going to start out in that low $200 range. Nice. And it, when you get to the very top of the endurance line, you're in a 30-millimeter chassis with side focus and illumination and a ballistic reticle, wow. and you're still coming in under $400, which really? is more than reasonable in that in that price point that you're talking about. Yeah, because there's some websites where you can't even get on their website without spending $400. <laughs> <laughs> That's the truth, man. Yeah, now, now Hawk Optics has uh, rifle scopes, binoculars, spotting scopes, and, of course, crossbow scopes. Now, you know, we've noticed over the last probably three or four years, Trav, that uh, crossbow hunting is becoming very, very popular. I shoot, a ten, I shoot a 10 point. And uh, the, the fact of the matter is when you put that scope on there, I mean, it just really cuts down on the problems that you might have if you're just shooting open sights. Oh, yeah, definitely. Of course, we like to say so. And I, I think when you talk to a lot of consumers, I think they generally say the same thing. 
The uh, XB30, which we introduced in 2008, uh, got a facelift for 2014, and, and for the last you know five six years, it's generally considered the top of the line, best available crossbow scope on the market. So you know when we went back to the drawing board this year, as as crossbow speeds have evolved. The VeriSpeed technology that we use to allow you to calibrate the reticle of the scope to your bow, regardless of speed, we had to adjust that as well. So now we're delivering two scopes that calibrate for uh, 425 and 450 up to those speed of bows, and there's not even anything shooting 450 on the market yet. So we were finally able to get ahead of the market a little bit, and it's not something that the other companies did until it was too far along, and now... Everybody goes, well, I need a scope for my hawk. And if you hit Archery Talk or any of the any mm-hmm. of the forums out there and ask about crossbow scope, the first one that gets mentioned is hawk. You bet. Hey, we've been talking with Trent Marsh. Of course, he is the uh, brand development and communications manager for Hawk Optics. He'll they'll watch you like a hawk. Yeah, where can we find you online, buddy? At www.hawkoptics.com. That's hawk with an E, H-A-W-K-E, optics. Com. Nice. Got to hop online, check them out. Once again, we are talking about Buy all you need to know, guns and optics for 2014 on today's show. Here's the man with the plan, Mr. Mark Paneri. Listen to him. Uh, we'll be back in just a second, but a uh, big thank you to Outdoor Channel, Nissan, Ruger, High Mount Seasonings, Cabela's, and Extreme Beam, uh, Ron Spomer. He's going to tell us about entry-level rifles once again, also how to get great tickets on Travelocity right after the break. <laughs> all right. Uh, Mr. Trent, man, thank you so much for coming on, buddy. Thanks for having me on, fellas. Enjoyed it. Outdoor Channel History of the Telescopic Rifle Scope. The first documented telescopic rifle scope was invented between 1835 and 1840. In a book titled The Improved American Rifle, written in 1844, John R. Chapman documented the first telescopic sights made by Morgan James of Utica, New York. Chapman, the author, being a civil engineer, gave James the concepts and some of the design, whereupon they produced the Chapman James sight. And 157 years later, Later, Swarovski Optic in 1997 introduced the LRS series telescopic sight, the first rifle scope on the civilian market with an integrated laser rangefinder. Now for more outdoors talk and what you want, type in outdoorchannel.com forward slash revolution in your web browser and enjoy. What are you supposed to do to a shooter, Buck? Shooter of Ted Nugent. The bacon has landed. The guitar shredding showman. I'm a happy, happy bow-hunting, guitar-playing American dreamer. Now brings the noise on Outdoor Channel. I'm like drunk on backstraps and mystical flights of the arrow. You called me Miracle Boy. Texas with a bow and arrow doesn't suck at all. Ted Nugent, Spirit of the Wild. Tuesday nights at 8.30 Eastern on Outdoor Channel. Spirit of the Wild. Pure horsepower television, baby. Uh, Located in the heart of Maui's premier resort, Kanapali Beach Hotel is officially recognized as Hawaii's most Hawaiian hotel and the number one best value in Hawaii. With a range of accommodations and affordable dining options, this is the ideal setting to turn Hawaiian dreams into lifelong memories. Live Hawaiian entertainment every evening, free year-round children's programs, weekly arts and crafts fairs, welcome breakfast, and departure kukui lei ceremonies add to the value. Swim in the whale-shaped pool, indulge in the 
fabulous spa and hotel salon. Enjoy Hawaiian hospitality at its best at the Ka'anapali Beach Hotel. Call 800-262-8450 or go to kbhmaui.com. That's kbhmaui.com. Aloha. Ka'anapali Beach Hotel, Maui's Hawaiian Hotel. Asiri, I'm looking for two radio dorks. That have a lot of facial hair, goof off in the outdoors, have no idea what they're talking about, and smell. You are looking for the revolution with German Trap. Oh, cool. Thanks. Hey, before the break, we heard from Trent Marsh. He's with Hawk Optics, and we've been talking about guns with optics for 2014. The ins and outs, everything you need to know. Jimmy knows everything. Well, most stuff. You know a lot of stuff. Anyways, our next guest, Ron Spomer. Great man, Ron Spomer Outdoors. Now, Ron, I mean... He has small feet, though. uh, You have shot a lot of fire. Anyways, you know a lot about guns, okay? And for the average man and woman out there, okay, you don't want to break the bank, but you want to have great equipment, but more money doesn't always mean better, does it? Is it? Oh, by the way, I want to sing this song. The, the best things in life are free. Right? I wish you could see his face. <laughs> that's, that's, anyways, worth, that's worth the price of admission. I totally interrupted myself there. But anyways, you don't always have to spend a crap load of money to get good equipment, do you, uh, Ron? Oh, no, you don't, guys. You know, there's kind of a revolution in the last few years in inexpensive but darn accurate and functional bolt-action hunting rifles. It's really amazing. There's a good, oh, gosh, I think six, seven, eight of them that go for right around anywhere from 300 to maybe a top end of $600. And really? That in today's market is remarkably low price for what these rifles are doing. You want to hear some examples? Yeah, yeah. yeah definitely. Well, we've got. The Savage Axis, which sells for retail, suggested only $375. Wow, really? Mossberg, yeah, that's crazy. There's a Mossberg ATR for about 366 Marlin has one. I think it's the X7 for around $400. Remington's got that 783 for 451 There's the Ruger American, which is impressively accurate and consistent. I've shot that a lot. Yeah, that we, we like Ruger's. Yeah, that Ruger American can do just about anything for $450. I mean, that's crazy. That's not too bad. Got a little bit higher price. There's that uh, Weatherby Vanguard, the lowest price one there I found was $650. And Browning's got a pretty good little AB3, and I think that stands for A-Bolt 3. It's a, an A-Bolt rifle that they just knocked some of the expenses of manufacturing off, you know, and, and got that at about $600. Yeah, you know, I kind of equate it to buying a vehicle. Where you can get, it's the same truck, just with more doodads. Let's say I don't want to spend as much money, and, no. I, you know, I might not have all the cup holders and, you know, chrome <laughs> door handles. I but want it, hubcaps. But at the end of the day, it drives the same. I get the same fuel economy. Is that pretty much the same thing when it comes to a rifle? They don't come with cup holders. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I need one that does. <laughs> <laughs> no, here, here's kind of the standard with all of these. One, they make the stock pretty inexpensive, so that's just one of those molded plastic stocks. Yeah. Real durable, but they're a little bit flexible, so you'll notice when you squeeze on them and sort of twist on the forend, you can flex them quite a bit. Sometimes that'll touch the barrel. So what the companies do is they free float the barrel so that you're not getting inconsistent touching with that stock. Now, once you get a rifle like that, you just have to be sort of careful how you handle it so that you're not torquing that forend. You'll do fine. But you also have the option yourself of glass bedding the barrel mm. into it, and that makes them a lot stiffer. So there's an option there. But 
some of the other things they do to knock their expenses down. They don't have those metal floor plates we're all familiar with. You push the button on the trigger guard and the floor plate falls out and you take your ammunition out of the magazine. Yeah. Almost all of these will have either a plastic drop box magazine, which most of them seem to work very well. Mm-hmm. And then the other option is a blind magazine. There's a little bit of a safety issue there. You want to make darn sure you're pointing a barrel in, in the right direction when you unload. But it saves a lot of weight. And, of course, it saves a bunch of money. You bet. Hey, now, in the last couple of years, I've noticed that a lot of manufacturers, and I think maybe Savage is one of them, they're coming out with a package, if you will. It already has the optics on it. I think all you have to do is sight it in. Are a lot of manufacturers going this route? You know, I see it more and more. I think what they're doing, of course, is saying, look, there's a guy who's coming on for the first time. He wants to hunt. It's all kind of confusing. He doesn't know how to mount scopes and all that. He doesn't want to mess with it. So why not offer the package? I think some bow companies are doing the same thing. I think it's a great idea. You're going to get a functional scope. It's probably obviously not going to be the world's greatest, but it'll get you by for a while as you learn the ropes and figure things out. And heck, you know, it might last you for an entire lifetime. Yeah. I have to tell you, I've got a, a Model 700 Remington in a 264 I've had since about 1968. And I think the first year I put the scope on it, I shot it the most. After that, it's one or two shots per year. So I bet <laughs> you I don't have three or four boxes through the whole doggone gun. It's still like new. Sure. Yeah, that's exactly right. If you just go deer hunting a couple of times a year, you don't shoot a thousand rounds every year through that rifle and you don't beat it up. They're going to last a long, long time. There you go. See, that's kind of cool because, I mean, when you go to buy a firearm, obviously you're going to deal with everybody. You know, everybody's a salesman. They want to make a sale. And yeah, they do want you to get the gun that you want. They do want it to fit you. But at the end of the day, they want to make a sale. So maybe if we educate ourselves, like you're saying here, uh, before we ever step in a store, we look online, we really need to know its practical application, what we're going to be using it for, what are the elements, so on and so forth, before we ever truly buy one. Yeah, excellent advice. Gee, we've got, you know, that's another nice thing these days with the Internet. You can do research on all of these rifles and not just at the manufacturer's website, but you can go punch in reviews of the rifle and find all sorts of reviews from different people in magazines and how the rifle performed. So you've really got an excellent opportunity to do your shopping before you go down to the store to look at it. You bet. And then I think when you get there, you've already got some basic information. See if it pans out. See if that rifle feels good to you. If some of the complaints about it that you read, uh, you can actually see in the rifle when you're working the bolt and different things at the counter. Uh, and then how the rifle feels, to me, that's a big deal. Some rifles, to me, feel like I'm holding a two-by-four. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, yeah, but other ones, they just feel responsive. When I pick them up, it just naturally seems to come to my shoulder and point where I want it to point. And that influences me a lot. So all things equal, I'll pick the one that seems to fit me and balance the best. You bet. Hey, we're talking with Ron Spomer. Of course, he is a prolific writer and writes for a lot of different publications. If we want to find out more about you, Ron, where do we go? Well, hey, you can go to ronspomeroutdoors.com. Uh, there's Ron Spomer on Facebook. You can come be my friend. We'll talk about all kinds of good stuff there. I've got a Twitter account. Punch in Ron Spomer. Uh, do a search at any of those, and you're going to eventually find something on me. All right, there you go. Hop online. Find him just about anywhere. Find us online, too. Outdoorchannel.com forward slash revolution. A big howdy to them. Plus Nissan, Ruger, High Mount Seasonings, Cabela's, and Extreme Beam. Uh, who we got coming up next, Jerry? Hey, coming up next, we got a return engagement with Miss Bunny. Miss Bunny. She's talking about uh, recoil, right? you recoil stuff. Uh, being pregnant. Something yeah. Jim and I know a lot about. She reels from I, that. Miss <laughs> uh, Bunny
Money is coming up next. Here is word from Mr. P. Master P. Uh, Ron, you're so cool, man. Your face is awesome. Thanks for coming on, buddy. Thanks, guys. See ya. Nissan looks back at the advent of the modern rifle. Rifles were created as an improvement in the accuracy of smoothbore muskets. In the early 18th century, Benjamin Robbins, an English mathematician, realized that an elongated bullet would retain the momentum and kinetic energy of a musket ball, but would slice through the air with greater ease. But the black powder used in early muzzle-loading rifles quickly fouled the barrel, making loading slower and more difficult. Plus, their greater range was also considered to be of little practical use since the smoke from black powder quickly obscured the battlefield and made it almost impossible to target the enemy from a distance. So rifles were limited to non-military uses like hunting. Think that's cool? We'll catch more history tidbits such as this by following us on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash underscore OTN. Hundreds of thousands of hunters pour into Colorado each year for dream hunts. Find out why and buy Colorado's biggest bucks and bulls today. 719-661-4037. Hunt adventures are meant to be fun. The Brotherhood of Bone Collectors. Tell me something else. We're going to see some cool animals in some cool country. Here we go! Wow, wow, here we go! <laughs> I haven't even fired yet. Always enthralling. going to be awesome. He's coming. I mean, he's coming. Get him, boy! Always entertaining. Beautiful lock, man. Wow. Michael Waddell's Bone Collector. Sunday nights at 1030 Eastern on Outdoor Channel. That is awesome, son. For LED flashlights with brighter, tighter beams that see farther and run longer, you want Extreme Beam, the passion to outperform. Go to www.extremebeam.com. This is kind of a great thing, and I'll tell you why. This is The Revolution with Jim and Trav, presented by Outdoor Channel. Ladies and gentlemen, here are the boys. Hey, we're back. This is The Revolution with Jim and Trav. We were just listening to old Ron Smomer talk about the five or six different rifles that, in the entry-level category that you can really enjoy. I'm going to pop some caps. Only got 20 shells in my pocket. <laughs> you like that? I love it. A little I love it. thrift shop there. <laughs> all right, so we were talking about all things Jim's like, what was that? What the heck you talking about? Yeah. What's his name? Ryan... Secrets. Mac- Macklemore. Ryan Macklemore. Or is the whole thing just Macklemore? Macklemore. And uh, Ryan somebody else. Macklemore else's. and Ryan Lewis. Yes, I guess something like that. Yeah. All right. Got to give credit where credit's due, I guess. Exactly. All right. Yeah. What do you think that was? I have no idea. Anyways, all right. So we Sound are like returning. Western to me. Talking about all things guns and optics on today's show. Once again, being joined uh, by Mrs. Bunny. You were on uh, right in the beginning of the show. Yeah. So we're going to be talking about, you know, John Fink. He kind of touched on it for a second. Uh, you know, gun fit. He... It wasn't that great. Uh, so, uh, let's go into a little more in depth. Okay, that's what we should do because a well-fitted gun. It's it to me. It's like if you're a size eight tennis shoe and you either buy a kids four or a size thirteen triple D, you know, whatever. It's true. You gotta have a shoe, a gun, a hat, a glove. If the glove don't fit, you're full of it. You know, you gotta have it where it fits, right? Well, you can shoot about anything, but having a gun that fits the right way is something entirely different. Um, so you know. 
like what is a well-fitted gun and like the most obvious answer and the most obscure is you kind of know it when you feel it and that's not to be obscure but you shoulder it and it just feels that was right. obscure <laughs> yeah well i know but you shoulder it and it just feels right it's like what people tell you about love, love yes. you'll know you'll know when you meet them okay I was like, whatever is that, is that love or indigestion yeah. <laughs> it's, they're they're both in beer it's both the same as what it is if it's once you shoulder it's a gun that feels right it yeah. points naturally where your eyes are looking at um it can control the recoil effectively and it makes you a better shooter but even more um, important um, it gives you the capability of shooting a reasonable amount of rounds through it without uh, going home crying like I used to with massive bruises on my shoulders you know so those were hickeys yeah yeah. that was um, after our first date yeah <laughs> like, oh my god it's so horrible you know and if you talk to any like exhibition shooter I doubt any of them are just going to grab any certain gun I'm positive that any exhibition shooter or anybody who shoots um, like these people who shoot for the um, Olympic team I bet they have a specific gun and they're not going to pick up just any old gun and I bet it's one that is really tailored to fit them specifically. Well, I have to say, you know, I mean, I'm not a small guy by any stretch of the imagination. I'm pleasantly plump. You know, I'm like the average height. I'm just, I'm kind of dumpy. And, you know, <laughs> but no, you know, I hunt with That's a com- better half of our team. <laughs> a, a, I hunt with a compact 243, which you use as well. Yeah, that's I a do. Ruger, by the way. It's a yeah, Ruger. It it's a great gun. I love it. it there's not much recoil. You're going to kill pretty much anything you want here in the Midwest. Um, it's not overly big. Now, Jimbo, you like hunting with the biggest thing you can find. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, a howitzer. No, yeah. actually, I, I use a 300 Win Mag here in the States. But you're in the States. Like we talked earlier about that. The, here in the States. <laughs> in the States. Uh, you know, when you go to Africa, you know, I took the 375 Ruger. Name dropping a continent. There you go. There you go. Uh, or the 470 uh, Blazer. And, of course, the animals are going after you had to have those calibers. But here in the United States, I mean, I would shoot the, my 264. Well, regardless of the caliber you're using, I just, you know, I'm not tall. I'm about five foot four. I have short arms, stubby legs, and... um, <laughs> Really small arms, this big head. Yeah, exactly. Like the Toy Story dinosaur. Yeah. So, <laughs> she looks like a ladybug. So the compact 243... squish her face. <laughs> the compact 243 is, is really just right for me. But, like, when I'm shooting a shotgun, I shoot a small Remington pump action. Uh, 870. 870, a youth. Tw- yeah, a youth 20 gauge because shooting, I mean, I can shoot yours, but it puts the hurt on me. So there are really four essential things for gun fit. And um, the number one is drop or sometimes referred to as bend. Number two is length. The third is cast. And the fourth is the pitch and grip or the size, shape and angle of the grip. Mm-hmm. So as far as your drop goes, too high of a gun stock can make you shoot high. Too yeah. low of a stock can make you shoot low. But it can also cause inconvenience consistent high-low shooting patterns because um, you lift your head in conversation for the poor lift. Yeah. And so thinking about um, your stock where it's at, um, that's important for uh, for the fit. Also, um, length. Uh, the length of your gun stock or the length of pull uh, is a big deal. Too short of a stock increases the recoil you feel. Too mm-hmm. long of a stock will check the swing. Uh, most appear- experienced uh, sports shooters uh, use longer um, barrels, you know, mm-hmm. Um it gives you more control, they say. I don't know. My my 870 youth does not have a real long stock. I don't know. You know, it's a short gun. I don't know. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, back in the day, if you will, uh, the Ithacas were a very, very featherweight uh, type uh, shotgun. But, well, I tell you what, they kicked the fire out of you. So people wanted to have a little bit more uh, weight to it to kind of reduce that recoil. 
But I tell you, there's nothing really takes the place. So you can magnaport it and so forth. It's still going to kick. Now, you know, talking about fitting guns, my Ruger Red Label, it every time I throw it up, it's perfect. And uh, it's it's really hard for me to miss. Unless yeah, I'm, I'm shooting a competition, then I miss all the time. It doesn't take too long if you're if you're holding the wrong one. Some some really simple rules to live by when you're going for gun fit. A comb which is a little too high is far better than one which is a little too low. Mm-hmm. Don't adjust your gun to adjust for fault in your technique. Fix your technique before you go making a whole bunch of adjustments to your gun because more than likely, or more more often than not, it's the shooter's discrepancy. It's the shooter's problem rather than the guns. Um, keep the difference between the drop at comb and heel to a minimum. Use as long of a stock as you can comfortably mount and swing. Never start with an ideal dimension in mind. When you're going in, and some people think that you have to have a certain length of stock or whatever, yeah. never go in with a certain one in mind. Just, you know, you have to shoulder it. And also don't be afraid to make temporary um, adjustments just to experiment with it, just to see if it helps it fit better. Yeah. Also, you know, we all often thought that you had to have the longer barrel in order to be able to reach out and touch something 40 yards plus. Okay. Right. Now, with the advent of the chokes and the extended tube chokes, you don't have to have that. You can go with a shorter barrel shotgun, put chokes in there, and still be able to hunt with the best of them. Absolutely. They they say, though, like rifles with longer barrels, they're less accurate because what happens, you get that warble from the barrel. Mm -hmm. They do. You you know, you wouldn't think that a barrel is actually going to work like that. Wiggle, yeah. Wiggle. They do, and it can uh, slightly throw that uh, bullet off. Well, hey, we got to get to a break. Uh, once again, we've been talking about guns and optics uh, for 2014. Everything that you need to know, we probably just confused the crap out of you, but that's all Mrs. Bunny's fault. It is. I own it. You're a good one. I'll take yeah. it. Actually, we're hoping it just whetted your appetite. <laughs> yeah. Yes. All right, so Outdoor Channel, big thanks to them, Nissan, Ruger, High Mountain Seasonings, Cabela's, and Extreme Beam. Here is Mr. Paneri. He's going to talk to us about some stuff. Uh, got to get to a break. The close is coming up next, Mrs. Bunny. Thank you. You're welcome. All right, we'll return. Well, you're going to stick around for the close, right? Oh, sure. All right, bye. Outdoor Channel's 411 on bolt-action center fire rifles. The bolt-action center fire rifle, for many decades America's classic deer hunting rifle, is a descendant of the first World War battle rifle, the 1903 Springfield. The bolt action of the Springfield offered smooth and rapid cycling of the action and allowed for the use of a more powerful cartridge, the 30 6 and accurate at ranges out to 1,000 yards. Now, more than 100 years later, the 30 6 remains as America's most popular big game hunting cartridge. Now, sign up for our free weekly e-newsletter to get info on the revolution, Jim and Trav, our guests, and to win cool gear. Get it today by emailing us at radio at outdoortrails.net. Network.com. A new and unusual kind of program. You're listening to The Revolution with Jim and Trav. I've never seen such thing in all my life. Hey, Trav, that was a great show this week. We learned a lot about guns and optics. Yeah, has some great guests. Well, John Fink, uh, there with Remington Trent Marsh with uh, Hawk Optics. Ron Spomer, he's with himself. Hey, how about Tiff with her uh, tips? Tiffs. Tiffs. And Mrs. Bunny, wonderful lady. Who else do we want to thank? Hey, we want to thank Frank the Sound Guy, uh, Miss Bunny, of course, Mark Paneri, and all of our friends and neighbors. No, our 430 stations uh, across the country, our advertisers, and everyone that makes the show possible. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so we got to get to a break. We're going to leave it right there. All right, get outdoors this weekend. Take some kids with you. Take the time. Uh, it, it's such a great investment. Get them outside. Your local news weather is coming up next. God bless you. Peace out. Uh, we'll talk next week.
proceeding has been a production of Outdoor Trails Radio Network. Copyright 2014. All rights reserved. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.